Hello, Feisties. I'm Sarah Gross, CEO and founder of Feisty Media. And I'm here to tell you that our foundational strength training course, Strong, is on sale now through April 10th. If you're like me, you probably get a lot of crap in your Instagram or Facebook feed telling you how you should look or how you will feel if you look a certain way. As summer approaches, this only gets worse. We are told we should have a quote-unquote summer body, as if our bodies somehow morph into something completely different just because the weather changes. And frankly, over here at Feisty Media, we are totally sick of it. Because at Feisty, our vision is to build an empowering culture for active women. We want to shift our attention away from what our bodies look like and focus instead on what our bodies can do especially during the summer months when having the physical strength to do the activities we love is so important. The Strong Course is designed to take any woman, regardless of your starting point, through everything you need to know to level up your strength training journey. It includes a 16-week program to help you progress from wherever you are to lifting heavy or heavy-ish with dumbbells or a barbell. It also includes modules on the physiology of strength training for women, nutrition, how we keep ourselves injury-free, and more. I want every woman to be able to do the things that bring her joy and be strong enough to do them for life. Enrollment in this course is now open and you can sign up and learn more at womensperformance.com forward slash strong or check the show notes of this episode for the link. And for those of you who are among the 800 women who have already taken the Strong Course with one of our previous cohorts, congratulations on taking the plunge. And to the rest of you, see you in the course in April. Make this summer your strongest and best ever. Head over to womensperformance.com forward slash strong today. Welcome to the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast. I'm your host, Sarah Gross, Ironman champion, PhD in women's history, and founder and CEO of Feisty Media. I started this show because I wanted to cut through the BS of diet culture and fitness culture and actually learn from high achieving women at the top of their game who have figured out how to feel and perform their best at every stage of life. So I chat with experts, elite athletes, and leaders who have learned to succeed despite the massive gender data gap in exercise and medical science and product development. Every episode is filled with information, advice, and anecdotes that will help you fulfill your potential as an athlete, mom, leader, or business owner. And listen up. If you don't subscribe to our women's performance newsletter, you are definitely missing out. It's totally free. So head over to womensperformance.com and subscribe now. That's womensperformance.com. This podcast is a production of Feisty Media. Hi, Feisties. Happy New Year. I am so excited about 2023 and what it will bring, but to get started this week, I have a little game for you. So I'm going to list five menopause facts and you keep score just in your head for yourself of how many of those facts you already knew before I said them. Okay, ready? Number one, menopause happens in one day. 
Number two, perimenopause typically happens over five to 10 years. Number three, there are 36 symptoms and counting that are associated with perimenopause. Number four, women often suffer from hormonally driven anxiety during perimenopause. And number five, lifting heavy weights or lifting heavy shit is one of the best things you can do for yourself during perimenopause. So how'd you do? <laughs> I have to say, before Feisty Media started Feisty Menopause and the Hit Play Not Pause podcast, I would have got zero out of five <laughs> right on this list. And partially for that reason, I wanted to do an episode of this podcast filled with everything a younger woman should know about menopause. So I thought, who better to join me than the one and only Celine Yeager? Celine is the host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast and leader of the Feisty Menopause community. She is a top-selling professional health and fitness writer who lives what she writes as an NASM certified personal trainer, USA Cycling licensed coach, PN1 certified nutrition coach, pro-licensed off-road bike racer, and former All-American Ironman triathlete. I can barely get my words around all of her accomplishments. During our conversation, Selena and I talk about her own journey through menopause and what she's learned after two years of her own conversations with the experts she's had on the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. I was especially struck by the part uh, uh, during our conversation where Celine talks about how much time we as women can sometimes spend hating certain parts of ourselves. Uh, for example, like our thighs or our waistline or our boobs are too small or this is too big or that's too small or our faces are wrong or there's too many wrinkles it goes on and on and how conversations about menopause dovetail into ageism ultimately though selena and i talk about how empowering her own journey has been both through the podcast and through menopause itself if you are a man or a woman under 45 and you are listening to this, please don't switch it off thinking it's not about you. I'm 46 and I wish I had a resource like Celine, so I could have been more educated when I was younger to help myself and the women around me. But before we hit play with Celine, it's a new year and I want to give a shout out to our sponsor. So Inside Tracker has been with Feisty for over two years now. And the info learned from the blood test has helped me stay healthy over the last two years for sure. And also Prevenix, who really are the only supplement company, honest to goodness, I have ever fully trusted. That's what it's taken for me to trust a supplement co company because there's so much BS in that industry, uh, is to actually like know the founder and CEO myself and hear about his process of creating the products. Um, I use their vegan protein powder every single day because I know as we age, we need more protein team as women so that has been immensely helpful to just sort of like dump and shake every day and the immune booster um especially in this kind of like covid post-covid age where we all seem to be getting the flu and respiratory infections etc etc uh and just as a reminder if you haven't already uh sign up for our newsletter we will put the link to do that into the show notes Every week we, we release an article that will help you feel and perform your best and then we deliver it to your inbox and of course, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on your podcast app and leave a rating and review. It really does help. So happy new year again, feisties. And let's hear from Celine.
Hi, Celine. I am so excited to have you on the podcast. How are you? I'm well. How are you? Good oh, to be here. I'm, yeah, I'm pretty good. We're like so all snowed in. I've got like, normally you can hear seagulls sometimes. Yeah. Regular listeners will know there's like seagulls kind of sometimes that join us on the podcast. Yeah. But today they're blocked by a giant layer of snow. So really, is that unusual for you? Very unusual. Yeah. 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 So it's very quiet here. No one's coming to work. No one can drive. And the seagulls cannot disturb us. So <laughs> we're going to have a good recording. All right. Excellent. Until the um, roof comes in. <laughs> Until the roof well, I'll, I'll let you know. You'll know. All right. Um, so menopause, you know, I, I really want to talk about perimenopause, menopause, and like all the mm-hmm. things that like you, that we wished that we knew when we were younger, you know, and like menopause education has become your life's work. So I know there's no one better place to talk about this than you. So how did uh, perimenopause, menopause, how did it become so important to you? Yeah, I mean, honestly, that wasn't until I started this podcast. I mean, even wow. when I was writing, yeah, when I was writing, and that's hit play, not pause for those who are not familiar. Um, even when I was writing Next Level, which I had started sort of doing before the podcast with Dr. Stacy Sims, which was the menopause follow-up to Roar, you know, so it was all about that. Um, I, I wasn't I just hadn't really been thinking about it that much. And, but when I started this podcast and put it out into the world and then got this tidal wave of feedback, it became very clear to me just how performance minded active women were just left out of the conversation and were struggling alone. And it was literally changing people's lives. I was getting all these messages and I thought, Oh, like this is, this is super meaningful. This is really important. And it was, it was really after the first couple episodes of the podcast that, it, that I decided like, this is really important. This is wow. So that's interesting. Cause I sort of half expected you to say, to give us an answer that was more about like your personal journey, but it's, no, <laughs> no, it sounds like it's <laughs> no, about everyone not else. <laughs> it's nothing to do with my personal journey. Right. I like, that's how, you know, I, I often feel like that about things. It's like, is that like, if so, if I hear like a groundswell of like things, a group of people are suffering, and especially women, like in a certain area, like that's something I'm like, lean into that, right? Yeah. Um. So interesting. What was like, what was your kind of menopause journey? Like, did you have significant, Um. I don't even want to say symptoms. Is that? Yeah, no, it's not. So it, it's funny. Like I, I probably, you know, I mean, I was racing all through my forties, right? Like I, I hadn't really thought about menopause at all. Uh, it, it it barely entered my consciousness. Like if you asked me, will you go through menopause? I would say, of course, like every woman goes through menopause, you <laughs> right. know, like I would, but, but you know, it, I wasn't, I've never been, I never actually much thought about my menstrual cycle either. It happened. And then when I started working with Stacy on our projects, you know, I started to connect some dots. Like there would be times in my cycle that I didn't know because I don't track. But though, like once I started tracking, I'm like, oh, I I do actually always have some trouble with power and thermal regulation at this part of my cycle. And here are some things I can do about it. Like, cool. Um, you know, and menopause wasn't on my radar while I was racing in my 40s. I definitely, you know... I knew that that's when your period stopped. And I, from my work with prevention, when at magazine, when I was like 28, 29, I knew like there were body composition changes because all they ever wrote about was the quote unquote menopod, right? Like that is 
called. Right, which I which hate. Is, which is like that word. Belly fat? Yes. That, okay. Because yeah. like the, the the abdominal fat, and it's a thing. Like the like the your fat, your body composition shifts and weight does go to the middle and you become, you know, your your waistline. Well, I, that's it's true. All of that is true, but like these words I have just grown to hate more than anything, like muffin top, bat wings, menopause. I hate every single one of them. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I would and I knew like hot flashes, right? But that's kind of like all I knew. And I I un- I understand your reluctance to use the word symptom because that connotes a disease. And I personally try very much to get away from that narrative that menopause is a deficiency disease because we've been here before, you know, yeah. in the 1960s yeah. when they wrote feminine forever, they called estrogen, you know, menopause was a disease of decay for God's sakes. Like, like, let's not, right. Like, let's not do that. Decay. <laughs> right. Oh, God. Living decay. It was called, <laughs> but, um, but, it, but it's a, but it is a symptom in an, in as such that is a sign that something is changing in inter- mm-hmm. like internally. Right. Like, so. Right. Like the word yeah. symptom, because we associate it with disease. Right. But the word symptom can be anything like it's just right. like something else happens related to this other thing. Right. right. And, and it's an unusual it thing. It's getting your attention. And that's sort of like what it is. Right. That's an idea. And there's 36 and counting, you know, of menopause. If you go to the, the literature and the journals, you know, looking back, I probably started entering the transition somewhere around 46. If I had to guess, you know, I was having wicked night sweats, but I would sometimes sort of get become a furnace at night when I was training heavy. So yeah, it was same. different. I mean, it literally was like my pores sprang open and it was a sprinkler system and like rivers of like sweat running down my back. I'm like, this is new. And, um, anxiety that was not there before. Like everyone who listens to my show knows I talk about being a catastrophic thinker. And, mm-hmm. um, but this was different. Like this was, uh, a level of, wow, the world is ending kind of anxiety that I hadn't before had before just like really strong physical visceral anxiety, often at like three o'clock in the morning, or you know, some other time where I just wake up. And, you know, I, I got through it by ignoring it, like so many people do. I mean, even though I'm a catastrophic thinker, I'm also super level headed. So I was just like, I'm very good. It takes a whole lot to sort of knock me off my game. So I would just like towel off and I had like mantras that I'd lie in bed. I'd be like, I'm okay. It's okay. I'm okay. It's okay. And I would just count backwards from some number. I would just pick like 38. I'm okay. It's okay. Until I went back to sleep. And that was pretty much it until like 48 or 49. And then I definitely hit like prime tunnel, you know, prime transition time. And it really did. It felt like my muscles disappeared kind of overnight. And I am, I've always been a very muscular woman. I never thought about them. I, people would always like, how much do you lift? I'm like, I don't lift. Um, and I had that very odd feeling of invisibility that women talk about, which was so strange to me. Just not just, I can't even really put words to it as a writer, just feeling like I wanted to disappear and be invisible. And I was invisible and it was such a weird out of nowhere sensation. And, uh, you know, that's when I called Stacy because we were working on that next level book. And I was like, I'm kind of not okay. <laughs> you know, I'm like, if I'm going to write wow. this book with yeah. you, like I need to fix what's going on with me because this just got really real for me. And I can't write yeah. stuff if I actually don't, if I'm not okay. Right. And yeah, she, she had me, you know, I started lifting heavy. I started using some of the adaptogens that I, I talk about a lot, like ashwagandha and I increased my proteins. A lot of the things that I've 
talked about over the show and it actually really worked and lifting heavy i will say is the number one thing that sort of literally sort of grounded me made me feel more like myself got me back mentally and physically in many ways mm-hmm. so okay. that's a long answer for the transition that's, a, that's yeah. a great answer i'm like furiously writing notes of things okay. I, wanna, <laughs> I will pause and let you i'm like just things i want to follow up on like you know with the anx- with the onset of the anxiety and these symptoms and you said like especially those first early years that you just like kind of got through it by getting through it like is there yeah. a certain because i have this i actually have this feeling with listening to your show because i like i like pick and choose right of which which ones i'm going to listen to because sometimes i'm like i don't want to know like you know how a psychology <laughs> a psychology student I fully like understand. like right like diagnoses mm-hmm. themselves with like everything that they learn about <laughs> like yeah like, yeah yeah, yeah. so like how how should someone like myself or like I want but I also want to be educated right and I don't want to feel like alone and I know that I won't I mean we're all we're like in this together now kind of thing like that's not going to happen but like did you feel that too like that you or do you wish that you were more ed- educated at that for those I don't think I would have done anything differently if I'm honest because I was still performing well you know I'm lying I now that I've had some time to think about it like I do wish that I had known that that anxiety was hormonally driven only because I wish I had known that, you know, because, and I hear this on my show a lot, like, it's not like it would have made it go away, but it would have made me understand it and made it better. Like once I understand something and what the yeah. genesis is, it's much easier for me to sort of go, oh, I know what you are. You know, like I know where this is coming from and like deal with it on a logical level, but yeah. not knowing, I just was like, I might be losing my mind. <laughs> you know, this is great. And I do Right. You know, I joke, but there is some mental illness in my family. My grandmother on my mom's side was quite mentally ill mm-hmm. and she really came undone during menopause. And I, you know, my mom and I are always like mental checking ourselves. I'm like, everyone all right? You all right? I'm all right. You know, right. let's not. Um, so there was definitely part of me was like, I'm not digging this new state of mind. And it would have been nice just to know that because I, it, it would have made me feel better. I would have been like, okay, like I know what this is coming from and it's not, I'm not losing my mind. I'm having like these hormonal fluctuations that are causing this. Yeah. And I would have started lifting heavier sooner. Like a hundred percent would have. I mean, I, I, I never did. Cause I just didn't see, like I said, I've always been pretty strong and I didn't see the um, utility of that at the time. I could dr- just ride my bike 30 hours a week and everything was awesome. Mm-hmm. And I, um, you know, the muscle is harder to maintain. It goes away faster. And I just, I would have taken to that a little earlier just because I did. I also just didn't know how awesome I would feel doing it. Like I really felt very, very great once I started lifting heavy. Right. Yeah. I think I'm so glad, like, first of all, I'm just so glad that you, like that we're having this conversation now and that we started the podcast two years ago for the exact same thing that you said, like when I started to have that those anxious feelings like I would wake mm. up we talked about it and wake up wake up with some anxiety and some anger you know yeah. I, I I was able to identify right away and like, that's helpful right I mean you still feel it yeah. and you don't love it but mm. you know I've had guest after guest after guest tell me that like that is the relief they feel like so just listening they're like oh okay mm-hmm. you know so it's not like it w- really won't make you feel that thing like I don't I don't have all 30 set. Like my skin doesn't feel like it's crawling. I don't have rage. I mean, there's lots of things, you know, but it's, it's nice. Like I do have some tinnitus that is new and I like, that is something that can happen too. You know, it's just nice to know the things that you're experiencing where they're coming from. Cause then you, you can just sort of move along with your life or get help. 
you know, and we'll talk about that later, I'm sure. But um, yeah, so I I would just say just listen, because A, it's just interesting. I find it just interesting. Like I'm a science geek and I, I find all that information really interesting. And it makes me more understanding of other people, you know, who are going through all this. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And then you mentioned the invisibility piece, which like, I think I just kind of had a, an aha moment as you were talking earlier. This goes back. So this goes back a couple of questions, but I had written no, it's no problem. Because, because like, I didn't realize, I think when people talked about women, as we get older, becoming invisible, I always put that into a culture category, as mm-hmm. in like the way that we see women age, we see it yep. more negatively, we're not ex- so that therefore, we're being looked at differently on the street or in social right. situations right. at work, et cetera. So like, I always saw it like that. And the way that you described it just now was more like there was an internal something that happened with you, like late in your forties, that was like, suddenly you felt invisible. Like, did I hear that right? You heard it a hundred percent. Right. And that's what was so strange to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, it's funny because I like on my 50, I think it was on a big ride I was doing on my 50th birthday. I actually took a, a selfie on top of this uh, weather tower that I climbed up to the top of. And it, I, I wrote all about it. I'm like, mm-hmm. I, it was like the rug being pulled out from underneath me, but it was a hundred percent internal. It was a hundred percent internal. And it was a mm-hmm. very, very, cause I'm a really out, like, I mean, I'm, you know, people, I'm a little complex because I'm kind of shy and introverted, but I'm also just out there, you know, and um, I suddenly just didn't want to be out there. And that was new. Like, that was a very new thing for me. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I just had never thought of that before, that it can just, it can be like something personal that's maybe related to some kind of shift that's happening. Yeah. No, it's it's definitely, I mean, I have a lot of perspective on that now. Um, And I think... You know, there's a if you go back and and like look at writing about, especially feminist writing about menopause, and it is like this time of like coming into your larger power and becoming the woman you are meant mm. to be. You hear all about that, like that nurturing part is shed, and you're just now this woman comes out, and it's you know what are you <laughs> going to be now kind of thing. And I think there's that maybe that slipping away internally is part of that process of being like, okay, that's, this is this person that I have been and I'm going through this transition to become this other person. And I need to go into this little bit of quiet and solitude Mm -hmm. inside to figure out what she looks like on the other side of this. Yeah. I love that. Okay. And some of the, you know, because we talked about symptoms and we're talking about your journey, but like, what were some of the positive outcomes for you now that you are on the other side? Oh, yeah. I mean, there are a lot of um, a lot of positive outcomes. I mean, it's you know, there's a there's a there's definitely a mourning that happens. I mean, there was there was a period that I mourned not being as fast as I was like on a bike. Right. And all Mm -hmm. that and all that stuff. But there's also like it's kind of like when my daughter was born, there was sort of like this joyful letting go of a selfish part of myself. You know what I mean? I felt that when she was born. I'm like, whoa, I got something bigger than me to think about than myself. Amen. You know, and I really enjoyed that. And Mm -hmm. I think I'm going through another process very similar to that where I'm like, I can put that down. You know, like I can finally, because for a while I, I, I kept trying to write this piece for bicycling and I never wrote it. And it was called Speed Trap. And that I felt like I was in this trap. And I, like, as long as I was winning mm. things or, be, or or fast or at this, whatever, I couldn't stop. 
because then who would I be? And it like, I was all wrapped up in that. Mm-hmm. And it was, it was so such a sort of a joyful shedding, you know, I mean, it hurts because shedding must hurt. Maybe it hurts a snake too. I don't know. But yeah. I felt like, you know, like there's a, there's a process of any birth is painful. Mm-hmm. Um, but like when you get out the other side, you're like, Oh, that feels good. You know, you, mm. maybe that's what, maybe that's what it feels like to come out of a chrysalis. I don't know, but it, it, it definitely was like, I'm calmer. I'm happier. I have higher purpose. I can take on these adventures for the sake of them. Now I actually do feel a little bit like myself again. And I have a little bit, uh, I think power and speed that I don't know if I want to do anything with it or go down that road again, but I signed up for a half Ironman, you know I mean? Like I, it's, <laughs> Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's just, I, which I'm being very careful you. about. <laughs> but it's, you know, it's a good, it is a good place to be. I mean, there's, I've talked about it so much. You get to this like unfuckableness is what we talked about with Zora. Like, I don't yeah. like no fucks to get like all the F words, but it's true. Like I, you just get like more comfortable in your skin and you just don't care about like a lot of the little things that you did before. Like the purpose is higher. I'm here. It's funny, like I, on the, I often feel like when I have guests on it, like I just want to stop and say thank you, you know, like when you're sharing something so important. Like, I right. Think that was so important. Um, and a hundred episodes of hip yes. pause. Yeah, right? more like, than now. Yeah. Yeah, we're well over a hundred, especially like this will come out January 2023. You know, we're probably 112 or so episodes in. You've probably learned like a hell of a lot, right? Um, so much. Yeah. What are some of the most, I know this is a huge question, but some of the most important things are the important takeaways that you've learned? No, I, I have a couple that I think that I think about often. And, you know, the first one is that it is real. Like what you are feeling is real. And that is really, really, really important. You know, when you have, and sometimes when I show women, and I think I've shared this with you, like you can look at a graph of women's hormones and like during the menstrual cycle years, there's this like beautiful orchestra that's sort of like reliable. And then you get into perimenopause and it's like, things are just swinging like a spiral graph, you know, and that affects you. That affects every cell of your body. So like, understand that whatever it is that you're experiencing is real. And if your doctor tells you that you're too young for menopause, you know, because you're in your late 30s or early 40s, find another one, find someone who will listen to you. If they're not listening to you, please, please find someone to listen to you. Mm-hmm. Um, and sure, not everything is menopause, but you need to have a medical provider who listens to you and is knowledgeable. And along those lines, like take take symptoms seriously, you know, and that's something that I have learned that I, that I would not have known. And it's kind of recent that even the North American menopause society is talking about this, um, severe hot flashes and night sweats, especially, but there was just a study I wrote about yesterday that shows more symptoms are related to disease process. If you have like so many symptoms that your life is being disrupted, there are people who have hot flashes on the hour, every hour, you know, there are people who have like Oprah just talked about heart palpitations all night that make her feel like she's dying. Like those kind of really wow. severe, yeah, those kind of really severe symptoms have been linked now to an increased risk for cardiovascular disease, white matter hyperintensities, which are lesions in the white matter of your brain that are early markers for cognitive decline, depression, memory issues, all kinds of things. So it is worthwhile 
if you are having symptoms that are very disruptive, going and getting help. There are hormonal, hormone therapy is very safe, especially within this transition. Non-hormonal therapies, there's a bunch coming out that I just wrote about. They'll be out in um, the new year and that article on them will be out in the new year called um, Candy Neuron. They found these neurons that trigger a lot of these, you know, vasomotor symptoms that get them at in the brain where they generate, which is really interesting, Mm -hmm. but just like, don't tough it out because if you, there's the research is still being done to figure out the cause and effect in the chicken and the egg. Like maybe because your life is being so disrupted, your sleep is wrecked and that's causing all these knockoff health consequences. Right. You know, and if you can take care of one thing and get sleep and be all like, that takes care of the rest of it. Like they can't kind of tease out like what the cause and effect of it all is, but definitely, definitely, you know, take those symptoms seriously. Don't just buy a fan and suffer. Like just don't do that. Yeah. Yeah. And, and the last thing I would, I would say Mm -hmm. is I don't, I, I feel so bad. Like a lot of women, you know, they, they go and they hear from their doctors like, oh, you know, it's all stress. It's all stress. And we hear a lot of stress and yes, it's really important to get, a hold of your stress for many different re- reasons. But women, I think about this a lot, like women are built to take a lot of stress. We give birth, we carry children, we, you know, we were, we are providers of much, we are, we are literally built to survive famines, and pestilence, all kinds of things like our, our so like, it's not, not everything is is just, oh, honey, you're stressed. That makes me a little bananas. But anyway, that's it. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, if you combine that or like take the intersection between what you're saying and like there there are studies that show that like women's pain is less believed by doctors. Yes. Black women's pain, <laughs> women of color's pain. Like, you know, like think about what that intersection could mean, right? Yeah. Like you, you might, you just might not get the best <laughs> support sometimes. Yeah. And I have women, I've had a woman on the show and she, I, I was, I was just so, she was so grateful that I just, believed her you know she was just Mm. like I she just has not had a good night's sleep in years and she you know she's like my bedroom is like a cave I turn off the screens I've got earplugs eye mask I'm using all these things I get up I look at the sun I do exercise and you know and she's like and I still don't sleep so please stop talking about sleep hygiene and I get it Mm -hmm. you know like I totally Mm -hmm. I understand that a lot especially in our audiences a lot of these women and that's was another reason I started the show a lot of people are already doing all those things they really really are Mm -hmm. and and sort of like saying well are you really eating right are you really exercising I think is a giant disservice to people yeah yeah, absolutely. What are some of the moments that have like affected you the most? Over, I know we, like, you know, I know <sighs> I, we've been, even I've been with you in a few moments where I'm like, where you're deeply affected by some of the things, like some of the feedback that you hear from the audience. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, 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 cr- I've cried on the show like numerous times and mm-hmm. I get, you know, I get this feedback from people who are like, I, you know, you, this is, and it's hard for me to even say because it sounds so hyperbolic, but, you know, I mean, it's, they say like, this has changed my life. Like, so, like I finally understand what's wrong. I've gotten help. I'm back, mm-hmm. you know, riding my bike and doing things. And that's so, so satisfying, but it, you know, and certainly the shows where body composition comes up and struggles with identity. Those like, I think touch me a lot because hearing women hate themselves so deeply Mm. is so hard. It's Mm -hmm. so hard. Like I think about that, Sarah, all the time. Like we have, 
what, 80 some years on this planet. And like, how many are you going to devote to hating your thighs? How many? Mm. Tell me. Right. Like mm-hmm. it's may it's soul crushing for me to think about that. Like how much energy women expend hating themselves because of like ripples on their thighs or extra padding around the yeah. middle. I fucking hate yeah. that. It just, even, it's exhausting. Yeah. And even like, as I'm thinking about it, like, you know, younger women struggle with that. Right? Oh yeah. So then you like layer on, you know, you layer on perimenopause and all of those things are going to be exaggerated and feel worse. And like, it's just, that is kind of devastating. Yeah. I mean, I love like the genie gen- halls of the world. who are like, just get rid of the mirrors, man. Just live outside and mm-hmm. live through your body. I'm like, yes. But, you know, to, to be to be honest, the, the the show that has impacted me the most, I mean, it was just very recently, like I had on, it's funny you're talking about the shows that you don't want to listen to, right? <laughs> because they're shows that I haven't want to do. Like I, Dr. Right. A, yes, right? Mm-hmm. So Dr. Amy Commander, who is a breast oncologist, mm-hmm. you know, into this book, reached out to me. She's like, you haven't done a show on this. I'm a big fan. And I have like all this stuff. And I'm like, (laughs) I don't want to talk to you. (laughs) Because like, I had had a couple of breast scares very early on, you know, like was 3940. And I got and because I'm a health writer, there's this whole thing that happens when you're a health writer, you're talking about people who study psychology, get everything wrong with them. When you you are dying of everything when you be a health writer sometimes because you know too much, right? (laughs) So you know, I just got, I just got, I just got terrified of get, getting a mammogram. I mean, I just got, I was so irrationally afraid of it. Mm-hmm. And literally 12 years go by, and I haven't, every year I'd be like, this is the year I'm going to do it. And that year would go and I'd be like, oh, I just didn't do it. And by the time I got to like now, I'm like, I'm dying. I'm like, if I go, they're going to find something and I'm going, that's the end, you know, because that's what my brain was doing. And I'm like, I don't want to talk to this woman. I just don't. But I had her on because it felt very irresponsible to just not do a show on this. And we talked and it was a good show. And there's actually, there is a lot of controversy about mammograms, which we don't need to go on to all that here. But I knew too much about that too, right? Overtreatment mm-hmm. and fault. So we we stop recording and I tell her my truth. <laughs> I tell her like, mm-hmm. and she she's like, I could see her just become my mom, you know? And she gave me her cell phone and I just start crying. And she's like, you really need to do this. And, you know, she, and now I understand she had a friend who caught hers early and it did save her. So she's like this personal connection too, right. Besides from being this. And she's like, I understand, you know, your thoughts with the controversies, but this is, this is why it is good. And I, you know, I, I, I got off the phone or the call with her. I made the appointment that day. I sent her a text. I said, I did it. She's like, I'm so proud of you. I wanted to cancel that so many times. I got it right after we got back from Outspoken. I made the the, the appointment. It was like the Friday after. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like I got kind of calm that day. I was like, if I have cancer, I, it's not going to go away because I don't get the screen, right? Like mm-hmm. you're just being stupid. So just go. But I, in my mind, I'm like, they're going to lecture you. They're going to look at you. They're going to wag their, nothing. Everybody was so nice. They did make me make my appointment before I even sat down for next year, though. They're like, oh, would you like to make your next appointment? I'm like, I haven't even sat down. <laughs> you but you may not leave the building until you. <laughs> so I did. And then I was like really psychologically prepared to get the call back because I have dense breasts. And a lot of times they have a hard time sort of reading things. Everything was fine. And now like I'm so like that has actually 
I can't explain this little nagging weight that has been sort of banging around the back of my head for 12 years, like literally 12 years. And now it's gone. It's gone. But I had women, you know, I, when I talked about that show on the next show, I, I just broke down crying. Like it was like 12 years of anxiety just came flooding out while I was doing the intro. And I sent it to Carrie right away. I said, I'm, I'm hitting re-record on this because I just don't know. And then she got back to me. She's like, don't, 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 don't. She's like, keep that. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, okay. I feel really stupid. That seemed like a gross overreaction, but I had so much really positive feedback and a woman actually immediately got back to me and she said, it took me three times to even listen to the show because I'm so afraid of this, oh. but I'm going to make an appointment too. You know? So like that, kind, those kind of moments yeah. are amazing. Yeah. Wow. I had a moment of realization. Like I sort of teared up as you were talking like just now. And I just want to like draw this comparison because I realized, oh, this is the same. Um, So when I was in Scotland, I lived in a post-grad dorm the first year that I was there, like to do my PhD. And I had a, there was a doctor from South America who was working on a, she was a fertility doctor. um, And, but she had dealt with now, she had lived in three different countries in South America and like very, very Catholic. So mm-hmm. women did not like it was kind of shameful if you had something wrong with a private part of your body to go yes. to the doctor. And it must be God's curse upon yes, you. Yes. <laughs> yeah. And she had these pictures that were like that have like stayed with me in my head, like for until till now. Like you're talking about breast cancer, and I'm like, where when they finally, when women finally went, and everyone has a boob job, by the way. Like yeah. in, in those countries, right? So it's like harder to detect at the best of times, even with detection methods. People don't go to the doctor. They, she had hundreds of pictures of women where the cancer was growing out. I had never oh. seen anything like it, where they were like almost deformed by the time they went to the doctor. Right. That's the level of like help. And just as you were like, just as you were talking there, I was like, that's a very extreme image, right? But like, actually, a lot of what we go through in menopause is silenced, not for religious reasons, but for other reasons, right? Like other cultural messaging reasons, like, there's all I knew until two years ago about menopause was that your period stops and you get hot flashes. Yeah, like, that's all that I knew, right? And that's so much. And like, you're seeing, I forget, 37, 38, 36 symptoms. Like, they keep growing. Yeah. <laughs> however many, like, I knew none of it. And that, and two years later, I'm, ex- I'm actually experiencing anxiety and probably would have thought that I was like, that I was having some kind of mental issue if I didn't, yep. if we didn't have your podcast. And that is not different. No, you know? it is. It is not. And we need to, and I think about this a lot too, like, the reason that menopause has the stigma and the shame, I believe, is dovetails with ageism deeply. That yes. dovetails with ageism, mm-hmm. and it's you know it's it's. Uh, I feel like sometimes we're knocking down one wall when when the bigger one is right behind it. But I think that by knocking down this wall, that next one will crack too. You know, because it's just this army of women tsunami of women just coming right at all these things and it's great but you know age like that's why a hundred percent i'm sure that athletes particularly or people who are active like they don't want to identify with getting older like nobody wants to think about that right and if you say menopause that is synonymous with a certain age Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. It just, and they used to even say women of a certain age, another thing, like, what the hell does that mean? Right? Yeah. Like, we, like, all of that's got to go. All of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to be a while. Like, those, even if you look at sport broadly, I had this conversation with, um, oh, another guest who's actually going to be coming up after this episode. But I also did that interview this week and, or last week. And she talked about, like, how it's like the culture with women's sport, it's culture that's lagging behind. You know, because we put this might seem like kind of left field, but I think it's the same. But like we put when we put women on the field, we fill out stadiums, right? Like people go and watch women's soccer. We fill out basketball, like the basketball stadiums people are watching. But yet, like put them in a bigger stadium, right? It's the culture that's lagging behind that says, no, no one's interested in women's sport. Actually, they are. We just have the evidence. We have the hard evidence right here. Like, yeah. And people are watching, people are attending, people are buying tickets. And yet we don't pick, put them in the bigger stadium, right? Like it's a culture piece that always just takes a little bit longer because like we're, you know, we talk about building an empowering culture for women. Like, how do we, how do you change culture? Right. It's Well, when you're in charge of it, that's what, I mean, that's, but it is, I mean, when you have, and I, I just, I am not like, there's some, there's some people in the sort of the menopause sphere that write a lot about the celebrities and a lot about the celebrities talking about menopause and that. And I'm, I've never been a celebrity culture person. It just isn't that interesting to me. However, I mean, I do recognize when you have like this generation of women who are still viable and still in the industry and powerful and have positions talking about menopause, that is how like the culture mm-hmm. actually starts to shift. I mean, that it is important in that regard. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we I become agree. the culture and we, yeah. <laughs> we, we, we can't make, we're not making ourselves disappear. Like all the men that used to sit there and be like, well, nobody wants to see this, you know, like it, it, that's gone. I mean, those lovers, they're not in control of them anymore. Yeah. There's layers. There's like, except like not drinking the Kool-Aid, you know? Yeah. Right. Right. We have to believe it ourselves. Like instead, you know, instead of like, we believe some of our own indoctrination. Right. But yeah. Yeah. But you're right. And then there's like the next layer of like, who's in leadership, who's, who has a voice out there. And those people have like another layer of responsibility. Yeah. Right. Endurance sports should be accessible to everyone. Right. That's why we are so excited to be partnering with Motive. Motive is one of the fastest growing training apps in the world today with thousands of amateur athletes signing up every month and a nearly perfect 4.9 star rating in the app store. You are not a template and your training plan should not be either. Prepare for running races, triathlons, cycling events, duathlons, or swim runs, however your season schedule shapes up, and get training written by some of the best coaches in the world in each discipline who know what it takes to help amateur athletes reach their goal on race day. The app takes the training written by those experts and then creates the most optimal training plan for your schedule, abilities, and goals. Plus, the training is fully customized to your race schedule. How much you can train each week, your current abilities, and the goals you want to achieve in your race. You can use the app for free as long as you want, or get all the upgraded features from the app for just $19.99 a month. But, as a feisty listener, you can sign up at mymotive.com and use the code FEISTY for two months of full premium access. That's right, you get two months of premium for free. So you quite literally have nothing to lose. 
So head over to mymotive.com, M-Y-M-O-T-T-I-V.com and use the code FEISTY, F-E-I-S-T-Y. And on a personal note, I know the founder of Motive and he is driven to make triathlon and all endurance sports more accessible for the athletes who care about their performance, but who aren't quite ready for a full-time personal coach. If that sounds like you, definitely try the app for two months for free. You literally have nothing to lose. As we head into summer, rest and recovery are critical for improving sports performance, reducing stress, and living a long and healthy life. We should all invest in better sleep. So think about the thing you lay your head on for eight hours a night. If it's not exactly right for you, it can lead to needless tossing and turning, or worse, have you waking up with an unrelenting kink in your neck. My new Lagoon pillow has helped me improve my sleep immensely by pairing me with the performance pillow that has everything I need. So I personally was matched with the Otter pillow, shout out to Team Otter, which I love because it has a gentle cooling effect. And I was able to choose how much stuffing I wanted in it, which is super important to me because I'm doing a decent amount of CrossFit these days and my shoulders are kind of creaky. So having a pillow that is stuffed just to the right height keeps my neck and head in exactly the right position and comfortable for the entire night. And as of fall 2023, Lagoon launched their 100% Mulberry Silk pillowcases. It's cool to the touch, buttery soft, and great for your skin and hair. You've got to go check out this pillowcase if you want to feel great and look great every morning. Waking up for morning workouts has never felt better. I'm refreshed and pain-free thanks to my Lagoon pillow. To check it out for yourself, go to lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance and take the two-minute sleep quiz to find your perfect pillow match and then use the code PERFORMANCE for 15% off your first purchase. That's code PERFORMANCE at lagoonsleep.com forward slash performance, whole 15% off, and the link is in the show notes. You can just click through there. Okay, I don't know how to go back to like our, a lot of the questions because that was so um, impactful. Um, a hormone replacement. Um, that's, I think that's, we really need to talk about it. Yeah, big, big topic. A lot of like mixed views, I can imagine. What's like from everything that you've learned the last couple of years? Like, what's your take? I wish we would stop fighting about it. You know, I mean, we're at this place where we're fighting a lot about it. And it's gotten to this really strange place where you have some experts at like one end of the spectrum asserting that menopause is a deficiency like we talked about before, which is not new, as we've mentioned before. Um, And then there's other and they actually think that every woman should be on hormones as soon as she enters that. I mean, there's definitely people in that camp. Mm. They're just like, it's a deficiency disease. It, It is related to all of these other diseases. And some of that is true. Like some of these things happen where your cardiovascular health and your bone health. I mean, it's, it's the menopause transition can be a precarious time for other health issues. Mm -hmm. I agree with Dr. Carla DiGirolamo. That's why 
fitness and other nutrition and lifestyle is the foundation of menopausal health. Like it makes Mm. you sort of like step up and do some of the work that those hormones have just sort of done for you, you know, most of your life. I mean, I think that's really, really important and we can't understate that. Um, But that's not to say that, you know, hormone therapy doesn't have a place. Like there are definitely women who, for whom it is a godsend, but then you have like these other people who think, no, you know, you're sort of giving in if you go into hormone therapy and it should all be natural. And that's not true either. It's like, and then you have like all these confused women sort of sitting in the middle and the research is, it's really, really confusing. It's very, very confusing because hormone therapy is not a monolith. Hormone therapy comes in different forms and formulations and dosages. And are you getting estrogen and progesterone and testosterone? And how are you taking it? Are you taking it in a patch? Are you taking it in a pill? Like all that stuff really matters. How far are you into menopause? Like all of that, what are your receptors like? You know, like all of that stuff makes a huge difference. And it's incredibly difficult to expect any one study or any 20 studies to to tease that out. It's going to take some amount of time because they they all have different effects as it, you know, bioidentical hormones are different from, you know, synthetic hormones. And it's, uh, you know, it's just, I, I, I think that we need to We need to, everybody needs to like be able to have the information about like what hormone therapy is, all these options available. And like, and this is what I try to do is show like, this is what the science shows and where the arguments start to happen, Sarah, I don't think anyone is arguing about whether or not hormone therapy is helpful for a lot of these symptoms, especially the hot flashes, the night sweats and that kind of stuff like that is, that is kind of, um, unequivocal at this point. You know, it's, it's, it's the gold standard treatment for those, for those kind of symptoms where everything, where people tend to be fighting now is that there are people who are prescribing. And I just wrote about this, like there's some clinics in the UK that are prescribing hormone therapy at twice the recommended dosage, like, which is in my opinion, irresponsible. And actually the British Medical Society just came down pretty hard saying the same thing as of all the societies, but because they believe that if you put these hormones back, you'll prevent these metabolic diseases, right? You'll prevent the cardiovascular disease and the dementia and the diabetes. And there's some studies that show like, okay, like maybe it is protected, but there's also studies that show it's not. And that's why you have like the actual associations like the Alzheimer's disease association and, you know, the American Heart Association saying we are not endorsing these as primary prevention because we're not seeing that, mm-hmm. you know, but that's where that's where the fighting is happening. And I think that when I when I take a really logical common sense view of it, I'm like, OK, like, look at your health, like, look at what are your symptoms like and what is your health like? Now, let's start making decisions. You know, are you are you otherwise doing those foundational things of, of in your nutrition and in your lifestyle and in your exercise and what is, you know, get, get your blood panels done as far as your, you know, your, your lipids and your cardiovascular disease risk and sit down with a doctor and make those informed decisions. And they don't have to be forever. They can just be for a time, but I, 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 you know, I personally have not, have not taken any, I never thought that I never really felt like it. I never felt like I needed it. I felt pretty happy. I feel really good now. And I'm like, why would I upturn this apple cart and introduce hormones into my system? Because they, they're not without consequences. You know, I've had women on the show who have, who have had suicidal ideation on, you know, because Mm. of 
the, the hormone disruption. I mean, it can be disruptive in and of itself yeah. and it can be some trial and error. And if I don't feel like I need it, then I'm not, I'm not going to go down those roads. You know, I do take vaginal estrogen. That is, you know, it's not systemic, it's local. And I use that with reverie because I'm on my bike for 12 hours a day. And like, it makes me way more comfortable, <laughs> but you know, that's, that's where I come down on it. Mm-hmm. You mentioned trial and error. And I remember listening to one of your episodes and, and realizing that, you know, it's probably like, if I ever felt I needed to go down that road of hormone replacement, that there was, there was probably going to be some kind of trial and error or that, uh, like, do you know what I mean? To figure out the right, I don't even know what they are. They have to figure out the right amounts and the right thing for me w- with my doctor. Right. And yeah. that feels like a bit of a hurdle, you know, um, I fully understand it. Cause it kind of is, I mean, but if you, mm-hmm. but if you need, I mean, I feel like if you are, again, if your life is being disrupted, it is worth doing some of that trial and error, right? Like finding a good doctor and, you know, and some women get it pretty well right out of the gate, but I, I, there's progesterones, you know, that like that mood impact. It's just sort of like the pill. Like some women don't respond super well to the pill, right? Like hormone, yes, hormones are not inert. <laughs> you know, they're powerful. They have a yeah. really, they affect your, your neurotransmitters. They affect all that stuff. So you, you need to and I've seen it in the group. I mean, I've seen some people just like their progesterone was off and they're, they're, they're in really dark places, right. you know, and that's, that's troubling. Yeah. I think even connecting those dots, like if we're going to have a, from this particular um, segment, like I'm feeling like if, if people can go into menopause, realizing that like, if you end up in a dark place, like if people go into this transition, like you end up in a dark place, if you're having anxiety, if you're having, right, if you're having, like that you can look for, like go out and look for answers. Like there can right. be, like the like hormone therapy could be a big part of like, that's don't just accept that and think that you're having a bout of depression and, and totally silent. You know? Or I mean, like, some women do, I mean, do well on antidepressants during this time. Right. I mean, that that is, there, there are a number of women who are on that and that's great. It gets them through. Like that's- right. It's just sort of helping smooth out the the symptoms of all that fluctuation, you know, that is causing this disruption in your system. And that's, they're great for that. And there's, like I mentioned, there's other, there's other therapies too coming out that, that and there, there's more pharmaceuticals and there's, there's a big toolbox, you know, and there's no, there's no need to just be sort of like stiff upper, upper lip and try to suffer or think like, you're just done, you know, because, you know, this is just how it is now, because it doesn't have to be that way. Yeah. And you mentioned too, and I think this will be particularly apropos for our audience, like that fitness itself can, can help with some of the symptoms we know, like we've heard about lifting heavy shit a lot. Like, first of all, what does that mean? And are there other things that we can do as well? Yeah, it's, it's muscle. Well, lifting heavy shit is really just that, like it's lifting in that, um, you know, four to six rep range where you're really stimulating your central nervous system and you're stimulating those type two fibers, like really those strong contractions, because physically without estrogen, you need to sort of step in because estrogen is anabolic. And like, that's sort of the first thing to go. Right. So, I mean, but there's the, like stimulating your central nervous system like that is is really good for you psychologically. And it also has that knockoff effect of making you feel in control and strong and powerful. So I think there's a lot Mm -hmm. to be said about that, but the more they learn about muscle and I just, I wrote a piece on this, like muscle is it. I mean, muscle, the more muscle you have, 
It's tied to longevity. It's very good for your metabolic health. So all those, all the things that we were talking about, like when the cardiovascular risk goes up a lot of times, like you become a little more insulin resistant and carbohydrate sensitive muscle pulls glucose into cells, right? Like muscle helps control blood sugar and helps control all those things. And it's good for your cardiovascular health. And it's it. I mean, it, there's the more I read about it, I'm like, everybody just needs to lift heavy and take care of that because it's really good. And it's also good for hot flashes and night sweats. So um, definitely that. And I, you know, just the usual things that we talk about mobility is important cardio is good for you. I, if, if you had to, if somebody wanted to choose, I would say lifting is probably more important, but you know, you're talking to somebody who rides her bike five hours at a time. So I, I'm not going to tell anybody that they shouldn't do cardio. I get kind of upset when I hear these women like, Oh, I, I understand. I'm not supposed to be doing cardio anymore. I'm like, that's, <laughs> I don't, that's not true. <laughs> you know, that's actually not, that's, no, that's, that's not a fact. Yeah, for sure. If you're like, I, you know, I do CrossFit now, but I've still go out for runs and just, and they're like, the pace is so easy. And it I has just, a different purpose. Yeah. yeah, totally different purpose. Um, what about like high intensity intervals, like hits training or? Oh yeah, no, that's all, that's all super good for you. I mean, it, it's a lot of that is not only good for your mitochondria and just keeping that top end because that top end is always the first thing to go but it is also um, good for your cortisol. It's good to help you manage that stress because again, it's harder to manage stress during the menopause transition afterwards because the ovarian hormones aren't there and they have always been sort of helping modulate that cortisol response and they're not there anymore. Mm-hmm. So it's a good, it's good to use other tools like short interval training, like Tabata's are really great. Nice. Yeah. That's what I've been, that's what I've personally been finding is that like, if I can get enough intensity in my workouts and lift enough that it like the knock-on effect is huge. Then yeah, I'm sleeping huge. better Then mm-hmm. I'm and, like, I know I'm like, I'm only at the beginning, but then I'm sleeping better. Then the anxiety is better. And then like everything's better <laughs> all at once. Oh yeah. And it's like the solution to six different symptoms. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A hundred percent. Um, okay, let's talk about how we, you know, how we support women better. Like, what do you think we can do, um, especially with some of the mental health things? Like, what are things that, like, I don't know, individuals could do to support women better? I think we've talked about a lot of them. I, you know, I think listening, believing, and just if everybody is, I, mean, I think one of the great things that happens, say, in like the private hit play, not pause group, is that it's a, it's a quite educated and informed crowd. Mm-hmm. So the level of assistance they can provide each other is amazing, mm-hmm. you know, and that's very cool. So if you take the steps to, you know, seek your own knowledge and elevate your own uh, education about the transition, then you are better informed not only to help yourself, but to help the woman next to you. Mm-hmm. And I think that that is very useful. And just just to be open, you know, the more open that we all are, and the more we share, the more normal it becomes. And it's, yeah, that that is, that's a huge part when you're not feeling like you're alone, and you can't talk, and maybe you should be ashamed. That's, that's not useful for the mental part of all of this. Yeah, I just, I, I was just thinking of like, this has happened 
probably three different times where I've been in conversation with someone and I'm telling asking me how I am or we're having some kind of conversation and then I'm like deciding whether I should bring up the perimenopause thing because it's it's affecting me it's affecting whatever I would have otherwise I would bring it up but I'm not sure if they're going to be able to handle it or have <laughs> heard it before and so I've just like a couple of times I just kind of said it you know I mean, perimenopause, there's like when hormones are affecting me, it makes me feel anxious. I'm doing this, like, and then I'm doing this differently. And on, and on two out of three occasions, I'd land when it landed, I was like, he wasn't ready to hear that, <laughs> <laughs> like, you know, and then later, right. Like, it's just like, you, if someone's hearing something for the first time, it's like, oh, give it a minute. Right. And then later, same person, two, two different people, same person, like was later to say, oh, Oh, Sarah knows about that. Like where it landed. That's so funny. They're like standing mm-hmm. somewhere going, oh yeah, I've heard, heard this before. Or it would come back to me with a thought. Like they just needed a minute to go away and go, wait, like, do I believe that her anxiety is related to perimenopause? Like maybe they just didn't believe that off the bat. Maybe they're just like, no, honey, you need to think <laughs> you, you have anxiety. <laughs> like, you know, because that's the fear, right? And they're just like confused of what come back to me and say, say something that makes me know that like something landed and they've shifted their thinking. Right. Right. So like, I feel like all of those little things like, Oh, this matters. And it like kind of empowered me to like, keep doing that because that's cool. Like when those people's wives or whoever like go through, uh, go through it, they'll be in a different place, you know, just talking about it. Yeah. You know, the men I have met have been wonderful, quite honestly. Like it's, and, and I, I, I give a lot of them, uh, grace because I mean if women don't know men have no idea none totally none. and yeah. and a lot of guys actually like men like to fix things you know and they you you say something like that and they're just like uh, and it, like they don't even like I can just see them short circuiting they don't know you've just shared mm-hmm. something kind of personal and that's weird <laughs> and yeah, they can't totally. really fix it and they don't know anything about it and it's just like I can just imagine like the internals like just yeah firing off so just like panic <laughs> exactly <laughs> like, like how about the jets can we talk about yeah. like you know like, totally. this is not comfortable you know so but like when I, I meet men at these races I've had so many people just been like man you really helped my wife or you really helped my girl like I've had such like lovely kind you know like they're happy they you know he actually listens in the car with her and it's just it's been really endearing like that part of it I didn't expect and it's been actually very endearing Mm, Love that you know when we were talking about doing this episode in the office here you know and and we asked like the younger we have between three people between 24 and 30 working here at Feisty and said to them like is there anything you would ask is there anything that that you want to know. And they're like, how do we prepare? How do we prepare ourselves? So like, what would you say? Don't, (laughs) my first thing I wanted to say is don't worry about it. Like I, because, you know, I, I, I don't want that to be a knockoff effect of the show. Like I've run into some people who are like now afraid, you know, they're just like, Oh, this thing. And can I stop it? And I'm just like, what can I do? And it's just like, please don't make this another thing that you're worried about in your life. You know, it's, it's, there's a lot of positives. Yes. It can kind of suck sometimes, but it's, it's a by and large, you know, it's a journey you'll go through and you'll go through it on your own terms and things are going to change by then. God knows what they'll have at this, at that point, you know, therapies and, and understanding. 
just I, I I I don't want people to get wigged out. I mean, like I said, like I would just say lift. If you don't lift, <laughs> you know, if you don't lift, like start lifting yeah. and just know, just educate yourself enough that when you do start like having you're waking up at three in the morning and you think that you maybe you should build a bunker because the world is ending you know like hey maybe this is not me losing my mind but it's Mm -hmm. this hormonal process and then start you know thinking more about it but for the love of god like don't obsess about it right and like some of the things we talked about like out of that conversation were kind of things that people should be doing anyway right like i think if you're if you're someone who has any like mental health stress or pressure right? Like that probably, right. like from what we talked about, it probably would worsen or it's maybe more likely to worsen during. Yeah. hundred percent. So like, yeah. And that's, they've so, shown that actually, like if you have had depression in your past, pay attention, right. you know I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And if you, and those things, like I've learned, cause I've had depression in my past. Like when you, if you do a, if you go through some kind of process to, to deal with that, like I did uh, psychotherapy, but mm-hmm. like whatever works for, for someone, like you have a bunch of tools in your toolkit, right? Yeah. Like later, when if something comes back, if you go through a hard time, if you have situational depression, um, it is like, hey, look at this. Like I, I've done this before. I, I can. You know? Yeah, hundred percent. That's a great. That's actually a really great point. That's a great, great point because that's that's the kind of thing I tell my daughter all the time, right? Mm-hmm. Like when you when you take the effort to get through like a hard thing that has put a tool in your toolbox for the next time you run into a hard mm-hmm. thing. So I think that that is, that is good advice. I mean, just know yourself, you know, just like, yeah, always a, it's always good advice and lift. Yeah. <laughs> and lift, lift. Some weight. And lift and like have a lifting. I would say like, have. A, I'm so glad I started to CrossFit when I was 42, I think 41, 42. And I was mm-hmm. like, pre any symptoms. I'm like, now I don't have to think about it. Now I know what right. I'm doing. Right, I don't right, have right. To be like, I had no <laughs> idea what I was doing. I was just like, I have no idea what I'm doing. <laughs> well, to be clear, I still don't know what I'm doing. But like, <laughs> I'm comfortable. So it's right. like, you know, like I don't have to have the in no, the No, that's a of, good like, point. When you're already feeling kind of vulnerable and whatever, like yeah. you're not sort of going in there like everyone is looking at me and I just want to disappear and I don't know what I'm doing. I don't belong here. Yeah, right. I know. There's a, that's a good point. Yeah, those things. I just like, but then at the same time, it's like all people should do these things, right? Yeah. Um. So, and and we know. Okay, last question, Celine. Before I let you go, like we saw, well, those of us who follow you and follow Feisty Menopause, we saw your beautiful um, tattoo. That thing. (laughs) Yeah, your your amazing octopus tattoo. Um, and to mark your menopause, like, do you think it's important to mark your menopause and like? Are you, do you feel coming out the other side that you're in a new, like some kind of new state of normal? You already touched on this a bit, but. um, I do, I do. And I, you know, I thought, I I think because, you know, it is a really meaningful stage of life. You know, it's, 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 I think anytime you go through any uh, transition in your life where you are literally sort of becoming something else, you know, whether that is becoming an adult, you know, we don't mark rites of passages enough, I think, in, in culture that's sort of gone by the wayside. And it it's it's important. And I just wanted to do something. It's it's funny, I hadn't really thought about this, Sarah, when I when I did it and wrote about it. Like I did it because I thought it was important to mark this meaningful point in my life. And I liked octopuses because they're never static and they're sort of always adapting to their environment and they're smart and we could go on. I could, you know, I could blab a lot. I could go on for a half hour about octopi, but I won't. Um, 
We did that on If We Were Riding. We did. I did. I've already done that information. (laughs) Back to that episode. (laughs) I will just stop. But I think one of the the things that I didn't realize when I was doing it is that uh, I was being bold again. I wanted to be seen again. Um, Wow. I'm going to choke myself up like that. That is I hadn't thought about that. like I did think about when I got it, I'm like, oh, this is a big thing. I'm going to get this big tattoo on my arm. And I was excited about that in a way that I hadn't been excited about something like that in a long time. And that is a very clear marker that I'm on the other side of that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, I love that. That's so amazing. I was just thinking about like that, what you said about like coming out the other side, being bold again. Right. And because I'm like coming into the middle, <laughs> you know, it's like. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I'm actually learning. This has been big for me the last like few months that like, especially because of my job, because my job is so like multivaried. I'm I'm doing something new and learning something like every day, all the time. Like really that skill of like, just doing it anyway, like being bold, even though I don't feel like it. Yeah. And I I don't feel like it way more than I used to not feel like it. (laughs) It's like, and here I am again today, being bold, doing something that I don't really feel terribly confident about, but I'm doing it anyway, because like, that's what matters, right? right. Like, um, so yeah, yeah. Um, well, thank you so much, Celine, um, for everything that you do and the, all the education you provided for, for all of us. Um, oh, there's more coming so much. Yeah. I'm excited about the shows that are coming out next year already. So, oh yeah. Give us a preview. Well, I have Nicole DeBoom, which was a really great conversation. Mm -hmm. Um, I've known her forever. She's a Ironman champion, among many other things, uh, entrepreneur. But we had a really like it it touched a lot of the things that you and I have talked about, about identity and competition and where you're going in this life. And just like such a good conversation. And uh, then right after that, I have a show coming out with Dr. Fatima Cody Stanford, who is a really groundbreaking voice and researcher in obesity medicine. Mm. And she is, you know, I, 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 this one is so important to me because for my whole life, professional life, you know, I, I have witnessed that no, that you would take 30 people and you would put them on the same plan and this percent would like lose weight. This percent would maybe gain weight. This percent would do nothing. And it just wasn't at this simple mathematical equation everybody was selling it to be, you know, there was so much more going on and, you know, you knew that like there was just was so obvious yeah. and she has like all of this wonderful science and evidence about like what, what really drives energy storage and energy usage. And it's, it's all your central nervous system. And it's just amazing. Like it's an amazing conversation that takes the onus so much off of like, there's so many people in the audience who are just like, I am doing everything and nobody believes me. And I'm just like, yes, you're right. You're a hundred percent right. And it's so validating of something that just a drum I've been beating internally and externally for a long time. So I'm very excited about that show. I don't talk about weight much as we've talked a lot about, but I feel like this one and people will understand because she 
she's such an amazing, amazing voice in this space and so important. And talking about like she's got a client who is 300 pounds. He used to be almost 600 and he's metabolically healthy and this is where his body sits and that's okay. And I'm just like, that's going to be, that's a great person to talk to. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm excited. Um, Well, thank you. And thank you for everything you do. And I look forward to listening to those episodes in the new year. Thanks. Have a good holiday. Thank you.